hello. Welcome to the Cedar Valley Middle School Counseling Podcast. We have a very special guest with us here today. We have Miss Emma Castilla. She is a particle physicist from Yale University. She is currently working on her PhD, her doctoral degree, and she is going to tell us about her job. And we've had students that have submitted questions. So we're going to go through some of these questions and we really appreciate your time here. Thanks so much for joining us. So thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you. So the first question that most of the kids have is what is a physicist? What do you do? Um, so physicist is a more specific term for a scientist that studies physics, which is just sort of how the world works, kind of big picture. Um, and so I study a very specific part of physics called particle physics, which we can talk more about, but I'm generally just a scientist that studies physics. <laughs> okay, great. So um, some of the kids want to know, uh, do you need a PhD and what do you do you have what do you have to do in college um, what do you need to do in high school to get you on path for this job so it depends on what you want to do with physics if you want to be a professor at a college you're going to need a PhD or if you want to work at a national lab um, which the US has many of you would also need a PhD but if you want to do physics that's not sort of in the academic field, you only need an undergraduate degree. These can consist of things like working at NASA or um, working at one of the, um, like Boeing. There's a thing about like physics can be like building planes. How do we design them to be more efficient and effective in the air to looking working in a lab hands-on, um, looking at optics. So there's a very specific thing, but there's a lot of things you can do. So it depends what you want to do, how far you to go in education, but minimally a graduate undergraduate degree. Okay, so tell us, I'm interested in how did you get your start? What made you interested in physics? Um, so I actually started off with my sophomore year of high school physics course. Um, it was the first time I'd ever taken a class specifically about physics, and I just found it the most interesting subject. Um, and my professor, or I guess high school teacher, um, had worked um, professionally first before he became a teacher. And he just had a lot of great insight. He was a great teacher. Um, and I just, I love the challenge of it. It was the hardest class I had ever taken. And so for me, that just sparked my like passion for learning it. Um, and then I continued to take AP physics my senior year of high school. And that was also a great class. And I made some of my best friends, um, other women interested in physics in that class. And so when I went to undergrad, I just wanted to keep taking physics. And I don't think, I think because it didn't come easily, that's what I liked the best about it. I, I had to work at it and I really felt accomplished when I had learned a new subject or like subfield in it. Generally how I got into it. That's very interesting. So what university did you go to after um, high school? Just out of curiosity for our listeners. So I went to the University of Chicago which is actually really um, pretty famous in physics. Um, the first nuclear reaction was there um, that eventually you know, made the atomic bomb, but um, it was a leader in physics. And so I actually ended up choosing to go there because of my passion in physics that had the best department of the school that I was accepted into. So you really took, when you were looking for a college, you were taking into account what you were interested in doing, not just looking for a, like planning, I'm going to go to a specific college. You really did a good job looking for the department of physics. 
Um, so, yes, I did. Yeah. What led you to Yale University? Um, so that's a little bit different of, of a trajectory then. I knew after undergrad I wanted to go do a PhD in physics. I also wanted to be close to where my parents lived, um, and they're in the Boston area. So I applied to schools within like a 10-hour drive of Boston <laughs> that had strong particle physics um, departments. And so Yale had three professors that were working on the experiment that I had worked on in undergrad, and that was what I wanted to continue on. So I narrowed down my search based on which departments had professors who were actively seeking graduate students at the time. Um, and Yale was just seemed like a good fit. I had a friend who had graduated from East Chicago two years before me who had also gone to Yale to work on the experiment that I worked on. So I had already met the professors before I applied, um, and she had such a great time that it felt like I already knew it would be a good fit for me. So I, I sort of networked my way to Yale as well, which I would definitely recommend. Very good. So um, last week, uh, which you don't know, but last week we interviewed a nuclear physicist and you are a particle physicist. So can you tell us a little bit about your job specifically? What like what does a particle physicist do? Yes. So I personally work on this collaboration that is located in Switzerland, um, Geneva, Switzerland. It's called um, CERN. It's a general big field. And so what we do as particle physicists, if you look at the tiniest things that make up matter with the largest detectors in the world. So the experiment that I work on is, there's a big ring where they accelerate particles. And this ring is 16.6 miles around. Wow. And the detector that I use is seven, weighs 7,000 tons. That's amazing. It's the biggest piece of machinery in the world. But we're looking at things that are so, so tiny, you can't even see them with the naked eye. Um, so we kind of find that like dichotomy very interesting. So what we're trying to do as particle physicists is like get a smaller and smaller picture of our universe to see just how tiny our things really, like really are. That's, that is very interesting. So I'm gonna go into some questions that our students had for you that they submitted. Um, so uh, what, um, let me see. What is the most powerful force in the world? That was one of the questions the students submitted. I actually have to brush up on this. Um, and it sort of depends on what you consider my strongest. So if you're talking about actual physical like connections, there's a force actually called the strong force. And this is what binds all these particles together in the atom, like a proton. It's made up of smaller particles. Protons are positively charged particles. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's what makes up a basic atom is protons and electrons. And so we're looking at that. Um, but if you're looking at like most powerful force, that would be the electromagnetic force. Just think of a lightning bolt, how strong that is. However, there's also the case for gravity being the strongest force because that's what keeps, you know, us on Earth and also Earth rotating around the sun. So on long, like large scales, you would consider gravity the strongest force. Well, so I sort of answered that with three or four forces, but <laughs> it all depends what you're asking about. That's, well, you know more than I do, so that's very impressive. So one student wanted to know, do you have to have really good grades and a high GPA in high school to get this job? No, I, you can't, I would say you need to work hard in your classes and do well, but you don't have to have a perfect GPA. I didn't have a perfect GPA. What matters most is passion for the subject 
and eventually doing research, which you can't do really until undergrad, but that's what matters the most is the research experience you do. And your curiosity, just showing someone that you really are interested in this and you want to go answer these questions that no one has answers to yet, that's what matters more than having a set, like a really good GPA. Okay, very good. So what other activities did you do in high school that you think maybe helped you on your journey to get accepted into college, to get accepted into Yale? Um, first of all, if you can take an AP course in the science, I took AP physics. I also took AP math and statistics. So I showed the colleges that I had a good quantitative background. Um, that, that's key, is taking a lot of math and science courses if you're interested in going into physics. I also did math team for a couple of years just to like learn beyond the classroom. Um, so that was one thing. You also need to show you can work collaboratively. I, first, I personally worked on an experiment with 3,000 other scientists. Wow. So you can work with others is important. So I was on student government, um, model UN, so things like that that show that you can work with a team is important. Um, if you can get to do research in undergrad, or sorry, in high school, that would be great. I personally did it and it didn't hurt me. Um, so very good. Very good. So I have a student that has submitted a question. How does physics affect our daily life and how does it affect the world? Why is physics important? So sort of a large answer, physics controls everything. When you drop something, it's physics dictating how closely that will fall. When you're in a car, when you're making that turn, it's all about physics and like the forces such as um, acceleration and gravity. Everything is governed by physics. It's kind of considered the most broad science and then chemistry and biology are further subsets of it. Uh, but also it's what makes the earth spin around the sun. It what gives, what gives <laughs> us day and night. I mean, it's everything. It affects everything. Um, so, one student submitted a question, have you discovered anything new? I wish. Um, <laughs> that's something that some people do. I, so, what, we're, what I personally am working on is trying to see this process in particle physics, which shows how particles are created. And the specific process I'm looking at has never actually been seen. So, I guess in some ways, if, if we see it, by the end of my thesis, I will have found something new. Um, or proven that this theory is true. So a lot of times in physics, you have sort of two types of people, theorists and then experimentalists. And the theorists come up with ideas for how the world works. And then experimentalists go show that that's the case. Very so good. So I'm trying to prove that this theory is true. Um, so another student has asked, what is the coolest thing that has ever happened at your work? Oh, yes. Um, not directly my work, but I got to actually go see the um, experiment that I worked on. And uh, so it's about 500 feet underground. You have to take a creepy elevator um, that feels like you're going to fall <laughs> through the earth to get to it. And this that is a long way. Like, yeah, it's, the experiment itself is several stories high, like 100 feet tall. So you just feel tiny compared to it. So getting to actually see what I work on was very cool. I've also gotten to travel um, to Europe several times for conferences. I've been to Geneva a few times and Prague. I've also been to San Francisco and Chicago in the U.S. to present my research. So I think that's the other cool thing about my job is I get to travel to meet other people who work on it and talk about what I do. 
you certainly get to travel more than a school counselor does. That's for sure <laughs> in the world. Yes, but not right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not right now. Not during COVID right now. But um, uh, what um, I'm trying to go through, I'm sorry, I'm trying to go through these questions because some of them are repeat questions. So one of the students asked, um, how much matter is in the universe? These are very impressive questions, kids, students. I had to look this one up again too. Um, so if you were to put all the matter in the universe in the same place, like compress it, it would fit into a cube that is 1000 light years on its side. So what that means is that each side length of this cube would be the distance that light travels in a thousand years. And believe me, light travels very far. It comes from the sun to the earth in about seven minutes. Think of how big this is. However, that much matter is only like the physical matter that we see, like humans and the earth, that is only 5% of the matter in the universe. And one big goal of particle physics is to try to figure out what's the other 95% of the universe is, because it's not normal matter. It's, it's called dark matter or dark energy. That's a very popular subfield of particle physics, figuring out what are these dark matter particles. That is very impressive. Um, so somebody also asked, um, do you get to, uh, I'm trying to find the questions. Do you get to make things explode in your job? <laughs> um, that is normally what we don't want to have happen. Uh, <laughs> is, so I don't, um, when the experiment that I work on was first turned on back in 2008, they had not connected the magnets properly and it exploded causing a meltdown which then puts the experiment a year behind and costs millions of dollars. So we try to avoid exploding things. <laughs> there are other fields of physics where you can explode things, but you don't really do that in particle physics. Um, so one student wanted to know, uh, do you are is this a job where um, the, the salary, once you go out and do something, um, is are, how well, without getting too personal, is it a, is it a job they can, work towards that we'll be able to make a good living off of? I guess that's what I'm trying to ask. Yes, um, it sort of depends what you want to do with your physics degree. Um, as a grad student, we don't make very much. Our, our salary is actually public, so um, it's not much. And it's not much the next step. So there's like a step between graduate student and professor if you want to go and be a professor of physics where you again don't make much money, but you once you become a professor, the way it works is you'll eventually get tenure and you're guaranteed a salary for the rest of your life. And that allows you to do whatever research you want. So that way you'll eventually end up in a very secure, well-funded career path. I also know a bunch of people will leave the field, sort of leave physics after a PhD or undergrad and go into something like industry. They'll be a data scientist at Facebook or Google, or they'll work at IBM doing quantum physics. Um, and they make very, very nice salaries. So it is definitely a good pathway if you want to be comfortable in your job, okay. essentially. Um, I left out a question that a student asked. And again, students, I'm so impressed with these questions. Um, will you ever find out what electrons are made of? So we don't think they're made of anything. Uh, we think they are one of the smallest particles. So hopefully not, otherwise we have to rework a lot of our theory. Um, <laughs> So, that, that, so we think they are the smallest, one of the smallest individual like units of particles. So you sound very enthusiastic about your job. What do you love most about your job? Oh, um, so like I said, I would say there's probably 
two things I really love. Um, my job involves a lot of coding. I think that's probably the other thing I would say is that most physics jobs now require you to have a good understanding of programming languages. And I really love debugging code, which I know people don't like. It's like that's a puzzle. Like figuring out like what yeah, that's why I love, I'm like, oh, it's a logic game to me. It's like, I write this piece of code and it's not working. I need to figure out why. So I do a lot of problem solving um, during my day to day. And I also love the fact that I get to work with people all over the world. I have collaborators in Canada, France, Spain, Germany, you know, China. Um, and to get to work with people from all over who have different backgrounds, I find it's a really cool aspect of my job. Well, very good. Um, so do you have any final words of wisdom for our students who are interested um, in going in the STEM field? Yes, um, don't be scared off right away. Um, my very first class in college, the first morning of college, we started with special relativity, which is not an easy subject. And I was terrified, um, but I stuck with it. So I would say like, don't give up right away also find a network of people to work with. Uh, I never did a class or a problem set or a homework alone. I always worked with other people and it really is a collaborative science. So go find those other people to work with and you know don't don't go it alone. Not that field that you can do that with easily. <laughs> Wouldn't recommend it. Well very good. Thank you so much for taking the time um, to call us today and be part of this interview. Um, with COVID happening, we cannot do a career fair for our students, so we're doing career podcasts in lieu of doing the career fair. So I really appreciate you taking time out of your day today. No problem. It was fun to talk about this. I really love what I do. Oh well I good. Like to share that with people. Good. Good. Okay. Well, thank you so much and we appreciate it. And students, um, happy listening.